All right. Well, hey, it's good to see you guys tonight. Hey, let me just say this right out of the gate, okay? Listen, I know we've had a good time. We've, we've spent some time worshiping God, singing to Him, explaining to Him who He is to us. But listen, if you don't listen for the next few moments, it could be bad for you. I think that the message of tonight, I think that what we want to talk about tonight is a foundational thing in your life that could really benefit you. And what would be a tragedy is if you are too busy not paying attention to miss perhaps one of the most important messages that the Bible has to offer. Because whether you know this or not, I think all of you came here tonight because you want to experience God. You want to know, is this God thing for real? You want to experience him. You want to know that he loves you. You want to know that he has a plan for you, a purpose for you. And tonight, I think that as we talk, I think you're going to discover that the answer to all those questions are absolutely he does. So tonight, we begin a series that we're going to talk about for the next couple of weeks called Identity Crisis. Identity Crisis. And when we think about identity, right, identity a lot of times we think it's what we do, but identity is not what we do, it's who we are. But what we do and who we are are connected. And the way that, and here's what we know, we know that the world does a great job, doesn't it? It does a great job of telling us what we should be and who we should be. Or at least it tries to do a good job. I would say that it confuses us. And sometimes what happens is that we try to build our identity on things that don't last, right? And in order to understand who we really are, we have to go to the one who created us, the one that loves us more than anyone else can, the one that knows us better than we know ourselves, the one that has a purpose for us, the one that has a plan for us in this year, 2017, and that's God. God has a plan for each of us. And here's the thing. When it comes to identity, I want to give you a statement. I don't think it's on your notes, but maybe you want to write this down. If you're taking notes, it was on the screen during the video. Our identity drives our activity. Let me say it again. Our identity, who we are, drives our activity. In other words, like I just said, who you are, right, or what you do is connected to how you view yourself to how you identify yourself to be. And an accurate understanding of identity and understanding what your identity should be rooted in, right, can change your life. It can bring you peace in the midst of a storm. It can, it can revolutionize your life. 2017 might not ever be the same when you realize what that means, what your identity really is found in. And so I want to give you a couple statements as we start from the top. I know this is not on your notes, but it's going to come on the screen. So if, if you're smart, you're going to write this down. It's a very, very simple concept, and I'm going to say it to you. When identity, listen, when who you are is rooted in a relationship with God, you're living the way that God intended you to live, and you are content. It's really simple. When your identity is rooted in a relationship with God, which is the way that God intended things to be, then you are content. But 
When your identity is rooted in anything else, you are never content. When, you're, when your identity is rooted in a relationship with God, that's the way it was always meant to be, right? Then you are content. But when your identity, when who you are is rooted in anything else, in anything else, then you will never, ever be content. So tonight, we have to start from the beginning. The first book of the Bible, I'm sure you guys can find that. If you have a Bible, it's literally right past the table of contents. It's amazing. Genesis chapter 1, the word Genesis means beginning. And here's the thing. From the very beginning, here's what's really, really cool. You may not recognize this or understand this or remember this, but from the very beginning, God had us in mind. From the very beginning, before anything began, God had you and me. He had us in mind. And so here's what we see in Genesis chapter 1. We see the creation account. We see how God starts to create everything that he creates. He creates the, creates the trees and the grass and the sun and the moon and the ocean and uh, all the animals and everything. He creates it all, right? And then he gets to the end. And in Genesis chapter 1, beginning, says this. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. See, this is how, this is how God created man and woman, right? He created us in his image. We are image bearers of God. In other words, God created us from the very foundation of the world. Think about this. God created you and me to love him. He created us to know him. He created us to serve him. He created us to make him known. He created us to reflect his love to the world. And then, here's what's really cool. Maybe you don't know this, but a little bit later in the same chapter, God is talking about us, and he says he saw all that he made. He saw the oceans and the trees and the grass and the, all that good stuff. But then he looked at us and said, it was very good. Everybody say, very good. That's right. When he made you, he said, it is very good. Everything else was good. But we, you, me, because we were created in his image, we are very good. Good. And so Adam and Eve were created. Man and woman created, right? And in the beginning, they were rooted in God. Nothing was wrong. There wasn't a care in the world, right? There wasn't anything. As a matter of fact, they were not ashamed at all. They just kind of walked around. No clothes. Not ashamed, right? Not naked and afraid, but naked and happy. All right? And that's the way it was. It was perfect. Everybody had peace. Listen, listen, listen. There was peace. There was harmony. They walked with God. They enjoyed one another. They enjoyed God. Everything was perfect. And then something happened that caused brokenness in the relationship they had with God and brokenness in their identity. See, remember, when we find our identity, when we root our identity to anything other than God, we will not be content. 
And so Adam and Eve, this happened to them. What happens is, two chapters later, the enemy, Satan, he comes to Adam and Eve in the form of a snake, a serpent. Right? And this is what happened. God told them very specifically, hey, listen, you can have free reign in this entire garden, but this one tree, don't touch this tree. Because when you touch this tree, you're going to die. It's a bad day for you, right? You're going to lose your life. That's what's going to happen. And then what happens is the enemy comes in the form of a snake, and this is what he says. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and knowing evil. So what Satan is saying is this. He came to Adam and Eve. They had one rule. It was very clear. It was very understandable. It wasn't muddy. And then what did he do? He made them think, hey, listen, listen, listen. God is actually holding out on you. He's holding out on you. Did you not know that he wasn't telling you the truth? What he was saying is not that you would die. What he was saying is that when you eat from this particular tree, you'll actually become like him. You will become like God himself. You will be him. You will know good. You will know evil. He wasn't really saying not to eat it. He made them doubt their contentment in God. And you know what happened? He lied to them. And the truth is, students, when it comes to our identity, the reality is that Satan is a very good liar. The Bible even says that he is the father of all lies, that in his character, he is not capable of telling you the truth. And he lies to you all the time. And he lies to me all the time. And the way that he lied to Adam and Eve, we experience the same exact thing. And so in that moment in the garden, they begin to think there was something else in life that could bring them more contentment than God could. They begin to believe a lie, like we often do. And so what happened in the garden that day is that their identity was shattered. What was once an identity in God and a happiness in God and a peace in God himself was broken, was shattered, was crushed, and sin came into the world. And instead of becoming like God, like the enemy told them they would become, they became ashamed, they became guilty, embarrassed, Afraid, fearful, they fell for the trap. And as a result of this, sin put a barrier between us and God. See, things were not the way that God intended them to be anymore because they chose to rebel against the truth. Adam and Eve went from, think about this, they went from being an image bearer of God to being an image bearer of sin. They chose to rebel. They chose to believe in a lie. And because of Adam and Eve, their choice affects us. Their choice to sin and allow brokenness to come into the world affects you and it affects me. It affects our identity. 
It affects it all. And so if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. There's a couple things I want you to know tonight, and we're going to move through this pretty quickly, but here's the first thing. Our identity is broken. My identity is broken. Your identity is broken. We are all broken. Look at your neighbor and say, you broke. (laughs) See, things are now... Things are now fractured. Things are broken in our relationship with God because of the choice that Adam and Eve made. We are born into a broken identity. You are broken. You are born into a broken identity. Some of you guys have broken a bone before. Maybe it's an arm. Maybe it's a leg. Maybe you broke a finger. Maybe you broke a toe. Maybe you broke your butt bone. Maybe you broke your back. I'm pretty sure none of you ever broke your neck. Stay with me. Stay with me. Hey, students, remember what I said at the beginning. If you're not paying attention to this message, you're missing out on the most important message that that I could offer you. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. See, our our identity is is broken. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I love watching the Olympics. I watched the Rio Olympics, and there was one thing that happened during the Olympics. There was a gymnast from the country of France, and uh, he was doing... He was doing the event called the vault. And when he did the event, right, you may remember this, you may not, but he had an injury. And and listen, listen, listen. I'm about to put a picture up on the screen because you got to see this. Okay, I'll go ahead and put it up there. So, So what you see, right, You see this gymnast from France who broke his leg. Now, when it comes to this guy, right, some of you, man, you don't even want to look at that because it just messes with your head. It it makes you get a little queasy. I'm with you on that, right? And here's the thing. Here's the thing. When it comes to this, right, we can all agree he's not going to be doing the vault anytime soon. He, he straight up broke his leg. And see, listen, this is exactly what sin does in our lives. See, like, this guy was on his way to the hospital because he's got to get looked at. See, you and I are spiritually sick. We're born spiritually broken. We're born spiritually sick, and we need a doctor. We need help. Our identity is shattered. And see, sin is gross. Sin is nasty. Sin is detestable. So much so that God doesn't even look at it. He can't associate with it. The Bible says that he is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And this is what sin does to our identity. 
Our identity is broken. There's a hole in my soul and in your soul. And the reality is that we have an appetite. We naturally, instinctively have an appetite to find contentment. And so we go to everything that we think will bring us contentment and we try to build our identity ourselves. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. We attempt to build our identity. We attempt to build our identity. See, the message of culture is this. Do whatever makes you happy. If you want to explore it and everyone else is exploring it, then you should go for it too. And anybody that disagrees, you just think they're a hater. See, the culture is great at trying to tell you what and who you should be. And it's kind of like we, we try to build our own identity, much like this. So let's just think about this for a second. How about our image? See, when it comes to our image, we think of things like, I'm pretty, or I'm handsome, or I'm smart, or I'm muscular, or I'm not muscular, or I have on this pair of jeans, or I am super fashion-driven, and I am designer clothes all the way, or I am sweet. Or what about academics? We think, man, if I could just get all A's, then I would be content. Or if I could just get an A on the test, I would be content. Or what about things like sports? Man, if I could just make the team. Or if I could just be a starter on the team. Or if I could just be noticed, then... Everything would be great. I would be happy. I would be content. Or we think about popularity. Man, if I could just be well known. How many friends do I have? If I just had tons of friends and it's just, if everyone liked me, then everything would be perfect and great and grand. Or if everybody just thought I was really, really cool. Or we think of things like, Social media. We think, man, if I could just get enough likes on this post, or man, if I just have more followers than I follow, or if I just take this perfect selfie that's like the right lighting and the right angle, much like this picture here. There we go. I took a picture with an elephant, it was awesome perfect selfie. Or we think of things like this. We think of our relationships, right? How about bank? You know what I'm saying? And it's all about who likes me or who I like or if they like me back. And if all of these things add up, we just keep building and we keep building. Maybe it's, again, it's popularity, it's clothing styles, it's our friends. It's all these things. And what we try to do is we just try to build our identity on things that are temporary. See, and students, the reality 
The problem is that we've built our identity on things that change. And things that change don't last. Things that change are temporary. Things that change let us down. Things that change are not the way that we were intended, originally intended, to be. And so it's like this. Maybe we don't get quite as many likes on that post as we thought we would. Or maybe my best friend made the team, but I didn't. Or maybe you tried to build your identity in sports, but you got sidelined by an injury. Or maybe you're pretty, but you're not as pretty as you really want to be, or as you think you should be, or maybe, maybe your bae found another bae and didn't tell you about it. We're going to be talking about relationship goals next month. You don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss that. Or maybe this. Listen up. Maybe that test that you studied for, you failed it. Or maybe, maybe your parents, maybe your parents sit you down and tell you that they're going to be getting a divorce. Or maybe... Maybe you lost someone that you really loved. And this identity that you've built up, you're trying your best to keep building. You're trying your best. I want you to notice all the holes. See, there is holes and there are holes in things that are temporary and things that don't last and things that are not eternal. And you try your best, you make your best effort to do all you can to hold it together. And then it becomes too much. It becomes too much to handle. And I want you guys to look at that because here's, here's what that is a picture of. That is a picture of an identity crisis. It's a picture of what happens when we try to build our lives on things less than Jesus. Because less, things less than Jesus don't last. They'll always, always leave us empty. And in the reality, you're trying to build contentment. And the direct opposite happens. You become discontent. And then you try to build on something else. Well, popularity didn't work, so I'm going to try to build it up on social media. Social media didn't work, I'm going to try to build it up in the friendships I have. Friendships didn't work, I'm going to lean on sports. Sports didn't work, I'm going to lean on grades. And we try to become someone that we were never intended to be. And I'm not saying tonight it's not good to do good at school. Not good, not good to 
get, have good grades. That, that's, not what I'm, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, though, is when you try to build your life on things that change, it won't last. And you'll be in an identity crisis. And Jesus actually spoke to this. It's going to come on the screen. I love what Jesus said here. He was telling a parable. And the whole parable he's telling is identifying or addressing this very thing. And when he says house, just kind of put the word identity in that. He says this, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, if you hear what I'm saying and put this into practice, you're like a wise man who built his house or built his identity on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it didn't fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine, if you're in here tonight and you're listening but you're not going to do anything about it or you're choosing not to pay attention, you're choosing to talk to the people near you, then Jesus identifies you. He says, you are one who builds your house. You are like a foolish man who builds your house on the sand. The rain comes. The streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. See, the truth of it, students, is some of you are trying to build your life on things like relationships with people and sports and academics and social media and popularity. All of those things can be helpful. They're not all bad things. But when they become what you build on, you're like, it's like building a house on the sand. A storm comes, and it will not stand. But here's the beautiful picture of the gospel. When we make a decision to build our identity, to put our identity in Christ, to go back to the beginning, right, and say, I want my identity to be in Jesus. I want to stand on the firm foundation of the way that, of the reason why I was first created way back when, when Adam and Eve, when everything was great, when there was peace and harmony and happiness and everybody was doing well and they were not ashamed and they were not afraid and they were not fearful. That's what I want to stand on. I want to stand on the foundation that when the storms come, when the rains come, when your parents sit you down and tell you that they're going to split up or when your best friend talks about you and you thought they were really your best friend, or when somebody tries to attack you on social media, that, hey, listen, the storms can come, but at the end of the day, right, at the end of the day, I can stand because I know that my identity has been placed. I know that my identity has been placed in the one that is the only constant, the one that loves me, the one that knows me. The one that has a purpose for me, a plan for me, that no matter what storms may come my way, that I can still stand on the foundation that Jesus laid. And that's what Jesus is saying here. When you build your house, when you build your identity on the rock, Jesus himself, it doesn't matter what comes your way. And that doesn't mean that when things come your way, it'll be easy. But it does mean that you will, he will help you. So here's the question. And this is not a question for you to answer. It's a question for you to think about. What are you building your life on? 
What are you choosing to build your life on? Are you building your life on things that will ultimately lead to discontent? I mean, sure, they may, they may work for a little while. Popularity might work for a little while. Social media might work for a little while. But at the end of the day, it eventually will get to a place where it's not enough. Then you're going to try to build on something else. And then you're going to try to build on something else. And ultimately, it leads to discontent. And so here's what we have to do. You must have a born identity. Another way to put this, it's in your notes, it's the bottom line. Identity in Christ is birthed, not built. Identity in Christ is birthed, not built. See, students, I was physically born on February the 10th of 1981, one of the greatest days for my parents. I would agree, but I don't remember it. But it was a great day, right? Because if it wasn't for that day, then I wouldn't be here, and that would not be cool. That would not be a good thing. So I was physically born into the world, but I was physically born into this world with a spiritually broken identity. And the reason why is because of the sin that came into the world when Adam and Eve chose to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil like they were told not to. When you were physically born into this world, you were born with a spiritual brokenness. I was born in sin, and I was eternally separated from God. And listen, I spent years of my life thinking that I was better than everyone else. I spent years of my life thinking and and being judgmental of people and saying things like, well, man, at least I'm not doing what they're doing. And I just built up this lifestyle based on the fact that I wasn't as bad as some of my friends or buddies. And the reality is I did not have a relationship with God. I had never made the decision to place my identity, my spiritually broken identity in the hands of Jesus. And then when I was 17 years old, summer of 1998, God intervened. And he intervened at summer camp. And he helped me to see that my identity was in all these other things that ultimately would not satisfy And that originally, like it was always meant to be, my identity needed to be built on Jesus. And I heard the message. I heard the message of the gospel. And that is that God loved me so much and loves you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, who had never sinned. You get that? He had never sinned. He he lived a perfect, sinless life. He was God in the form of human flesh, came down from heaven to the earth to live among us, to dwell with us, to be with us. And yet he was tempted in every single way that we are tempted, and he was free from sin. And then I read about how Jesus Christ, because of his love for me, died on the cross for my sin. 
This man who had never sinned came down and died on the cross for my sin, ultimately so that my spiritually broken identity could be rebuilt. So that I could now have a foundation built on the rock. So that my identity no longer had to be broken. So that I could be made new. And the same thing that I discovered about Jesus for me is the same exact thing that is true for you. And the Bible says it like this. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old things have gone. Behold, the new things have come. It means you were born spiritually with a broken identity. But Jesus came to make that new. And tonight, here's the reality. For some of you, you identify with what I'm saying. You identify because you know that you've been building your identity on things that ultimately will not satisfy. And you've learned that it's not going to satisfy because you keep going from thing to thing to thing to thing, and it's leaving you unfulfilled. And even in your age of sixth grade or seventh grade or eighth grade, some of you are in the middle of this, some of you, you're about to go into this. Some of you are on the back end of this. And what you, what you have to understand is that your identity was always meant to be lived in the image of your creator and nothing else. And so what Jesus or what the writer of Corinthians says here is that he wants to make you new. And some of you tonight, you've never surrendered that. You've never settled that. You've never come to a place where you would say, man, I want my identity to be in Jesus Christ. And tonight, you will have the opportunity to make that decision. So this is what I want to do. I want everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. This is this, the most sacred moment of this entire night don't ruin it for someone in the room who needs to make this decision. Tonight, you came, and you came so that you could hear the message of the gospel. And that message is, you can stand on a firm foundation. You don't have to stand on the sand any longer. You don't have to have a spiritually broken identity. Your identity can be made new tonight, and it can be placed in the hands of Jesus. And so if you're here tonight and you would say, I have never accepted Jesus into my heart. I've never placed my identity in Christ. And I want to do that. First M12 of 2017, and that's the decision that I want to make. As your heads are, heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want you to think about this. I'm going to pray a prayer. And if that's you tonight then I just want you to repeat these words. You don't have to repeat these out loud. This is kind of a prayer between you and God, just something that you want to talk to him about for a moment. And if you want to make the decision to place your identity in Christ, you'll pray these words. Just say something like this. Jesus, I love you. And I admit that I am 
sinful, that I make mistakes, that I have a spiritually broken identity. But I want a new identity. I want my identity to be built on the rock, to be built on Jesus Christ. I believe in you, Jesus, that you died for my sin so that I could be new. Make me new tonight. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen.